I'm Mecca Boss. And I'm Katie Myrie. We're two food people who like to eat and talk about it a lot. <laughs> Welcome to Snacks Everywhere, the food show for the 99%. I'm Mecca Boss. In the food world, the word local has become as difficult to wrangle as the word organic. What does either term even mean anymore? Purists might say that local refers to food that's been produced within 50 miles of where one lives. But even then, the measurements get murky. What yardstick do you use when you're just trying to sit down to lunch? Today, we have a guest co-host, Graham Ambrose, who by day works as an academic researcher for the Sustainable Healthy Cities Research Network at the University of Minnesota. But by night, he haunts the West Bank Institution, the Wienery, which he's subversively decided is as local as anything. What's your local? Let's talk about it. So, okay, here we go. So we have a, we have a guest host tonight. Um, and we talked about how you may or may not be able to fill Katie's shoes. But um, we have Graham. Graham, what's your first and last name? So my name is Graham Ambrose. and I like that last name, Ambrose. What is that? I've never heard that one. I think it's uh, Slovakian, if I remember oh, correctly. Cool. Yeah. Graham. Uh, very Slavic. It's pretty. It sounds like the name of like a plant or something. Yeah, Ambrose. Ambrosia. Yeah, like I brought close. you some Ambrose, babe. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, Ambrosia. Ambrosia. And Ambrosia is, of course, like the nectar of the gods. So. Is it really? Yeah, I didn't basically. Even know that. Like if somebody says, You're, this food you've cooked me is Ambrosia, it's like, oh, that's like the ultimate compliment. Mm. So, yeah, I know. It's kind of romantic. I'll take that as a compliment. It's sexy. Too. It's sexy. Yeah. I'll thank my ancestors <laughs> for that. Yeah, for sure. And then my last name is Boss with one S. And that's Dutch. Okay. And it's been shortened from um, Vanderboss, which is something about um, dikes. <laughs> not the kind <laughs> okay. you're thinking of. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, not okay. the kind you're thinking of. Just but anything about dikes. Anything about dikes. Okay. But um, so, yeah, so, any case, so we're going to talk about, so you and I were, um, and some other people were at the bar, mm-hmm. like we do. Always. And we got to talking about... Um, uh, the wienery, yes. which I'm a big fan of the wienery. And you said that you've been there for the first time and you became an instant fan. Everything about it. Yeah. Everything. About I, it. It's just like the, the food that you want. When I went, it was late at night. We were at the office and, um, you know, you just get a little like, how late was it? Oh, that was a late night. Probably 10. Had you been out drinking first? We did not drink. It was like, uh, so that's, yeah, it was, that's how the day was going. Okay. We just um, wanted wieners, not drinks. We, we <laughs> I've were, been, I've uh, been there. we were crazy <laughs> just like pouring our minds into something and then it turned into wienery time. Okay. Um, so it's just the greasy food that hungry. you want mm-hmm. just fills you up good food. Okay. But everything about it otherwise is also just great. So that the interesting thing that you had to say was that. Tune to the wienery. Everybody, I mean, many people fall in love with the wienery. Some people are like, where the hell did you take me? Yeah, that's that's how I started out the night, yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I liked where you went with it, which was, um, to me, this speaks to local. Yeah. Uh And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, really it's kind of a greasy, like you said, a greasy spoon and it's a neighborhood place and you wouldn't necessarily think of it that way. And then considering what you do for a living, so let's, I'm going to have you just go ahead and tell folks what you do for a living before we launch mm-hmm. into the wienery. Yeah. So um, I just started working as a researcher at the university, um, working at the Humphrey School of Policy or Public Affairs. 
and doing sustainable and local what we call non-traditional food systems so farmers or growers that are selling directly to consumers so csa's farmers markets directly to restaurants um so how can we understand those people better and what is the policy that we can use to help them out okay yeah so in your regular day-to-day life how does local eating affect your work and then your everyday life the way that you live in, yeah. in local and what is i mean more importantly what does local mean to you i so um I knew you were going to ask this question, obviously, because you told me what the topic was going to be. And I've mulled this over. No, you told me what the topic was going to be, which is why we have you here. Yeah. But we can get back to that. Um, But I think it's a difficult thing. I mean, if from like the science side, you can say there's policy that says local is within 250 miles or within one's own state or 100 miles from wherever you are. But that at the end of the day is like something that's arbitrary. Someone drew a line and said that inside is local and outside isn't local. Um, So again, still what is local? And to me, it just means community. There's There's a conversation, there's like some social connection that's happening. And for the longest time, I always thought that it was um, a connection between a farmer and the consumer, right? I've worked on plenty of of small farms and uh, farms, which I'm now studying, uh, this non-traditional supply chain farms. Um, And I always thought that that was the connection of, I bought a tomato, I knew where that came from, I knew who grew it, how they were growing it, um, when they picked it, and how it got to me. Right, that seems like local. Do you actually get all of that when you know who your farmer is? So in other words, I, like, do you actually learn all that information? I think sometimes, okay. but it also comes from the fact that I was going to school for this, right? So mm-hmm. I not only was interested in it, but also interested enough mm-hmm. to pay a school a lot of money every year mm-hmm. to study it, right? So I went out of my way to understand all those things. So do you think, knowing what you know, just at least from your perspective, do you think the lay person gets all of that when he or she knows her farmer? No, and I think that that's personally where I have like the issue, or that's why I started thinking about local differently. Okay. Because, um, you know, there's there's a group of people that think how I used to think that was, I need to know everything, and that, to me meant local. So it was that connection between me and the farmer or me and uh, the CSA that I'm a part of. Um, But then restaurants started popping up saying local about everything, right? In that case, you don't know Mm -hmm. how they might have one item that's local, but local ends up being something that's ended up being co-opted. Sure. So it's, again, a label that's no longer this social connection. It's not me knowing the farmer, it's not um, the farmer caring about where their food is going, where most farmers do care about where it is, but I'm not getting any of that information as a consumer, mm-hmm. right? So it started asking, or in my mind, asking these questions about, okay, then what really matters? Mm-hmm. And to me, it comes down to that social connection, right? And we were talking about this, and that's why you asked me here today of why I love the wienery. <laughs> 
Right. Okay. And it's, it's because of this, it's social connection. Okay. It's what builds community and what has become a community itself. So what it, okay. So now I'm just going to circle back a tiny bit and then yeah. we're going to get into the wienery. And that is that, and that is that like, so, so the way I remember the word local becoming buzzworthy or whatever mm-hmm. is, um, it, it, it was, a, I think it was, you know, in some part, thanks to Michael Pollan yeah. in some part, you know, yeah. and, um, it, it was his response to the word organic, which had been co-opted. Yeah. And so, so the idea was, well, we don't know what organic really means anymore. So we're going to use this word local because that's, everybody can kind of understand that if it's, if it's like, but then, then again, then that starts to get really fuzzy and hazy. Yeah. yeah. And does anybody even really know what that means either? I remember I have a really specific memory of, um, when I was, when I was becoming a little pollenite and I had gone to my local grocery at the time, which was Byerly's, Byerly's in Gold Valley. And I asked my butcher do you have a local chicken? And he looked at me and he said, well, I have a golden plump chicken and that's, it's right here. Golden plump is here. Yeah. And so, I mean, even, even then in like the, like the early aughts of, of local, localvorism, um, that it could have easily been co-opted. He's like, well, golden, golden plump is in our community. That's local. Yeah. What do you want for me? And I, so I, (laughs) so I have a similar story, right? Um, so the first memory that I have of like, what does local actually mean is um, maybe now four years ago, uh, being in school, buying into this kind of Polonite idea mm-hmm. of like everything needs to be local. Everything needs to be from a farmer that I know or that whatever it might end up being. Um, so that was the idea of local. And I went back home. I grew up outside of Milwaukee, was going to the grocery store with my parents and I remember like having this very strange irritation of at the grocery store, there was like a placard above the carrots and it said, your local carrots. And then they had a picture of this like quaint farm family. And then it said um, from like somewhere in Illinois. And then they had a map and it's like down at the south end of Illinois. And from where I live, it's like five, six hours to the southern end of Illinois. And I kept on like, well, it says local and they're showing me a map, but this never fits my definition of local. So what is local? And I think that falls Mm. into the same category of like local again is supporting farmers in your region, right? So Golden Plump is a Minnesota company. There's plenty of chicken and turkey farmers in Minnesota mm-hmm. that are putting their poultry into that system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it gets into a fuzzy line. And right. What, what does that local actually mean? Okay. Um, so what does it mean? So what does it mean to you if you, Graham, yes, Ambrose, have dedicated your life to these questions, but you can go to the wienery and think of that as local? For sure. Um, so again, it like all gets back to this, this social connection, right? Or like this community that's built around the food that you're eating. And yeah, I really hope that people can build a community and a relationship with farmers that they know and they're supporting. But many people in society can't do that. And um, whatever the reason is, right? Uh, or if you're like me who just bought six pieces of produce for $12 at the wedge, yeah. I'm sure they'll be delicious, 
but that's kind of a lot of money. And my parents, I finally convinced my parents this year to buy a CSA. Okay. Um, and I hate to say it, but like the only reason they did it was not because I was badgering <laughs> them for six or however many years. Are it you was, sure? Well, no, because I honestly had a conversation with them because I was so surprised that they bought it. And they said that they got money off on their health insurance oh, if they did it. So, which is good. I mean, they're, I know, they're doing it. I know, but I mean, that breaks my heart. It. It's between health insurance or, lo- or local food. I, mean, I get if, it. If there's systems where you get more people buying local food, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing, personally. At long but, last, we're going to get into the weenery. <laughs> the weenery, <laughs> yes. So, um, this came up because I, Mecca, you're obviously a writer. Um, Sometimes. And, yeah. When you're not busy doing other awesome things. Ah. But um, for one of my classes, I had to write an op-ed piece. And it could be about whatever we wanted it to be. Um, but we had to have a policy component. But that's not important, right? And I decided to write about the wienery. Um, other people in my class are writing about climate change and sea, le- or sea uh, level rising and like all this stuff. And I decided I was inspired enough about the wienery to do this. Um, And the reason was is, like you said, and like we said back however many minutes ago, you go into this place and I think the first time that you go, you feel like you're being dragged. You're... I was. It's a it's a hole in the wall. And place. then I drag others. But And now, yeah, yeah. now I do. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been dragging people there all the time now. But it's a hole in the wall place. Um... And it was, it was, my judgment was telling me I should not be here. So we sit up at the counter. Give me some, yeah, give me some markers of why you didn't want to be there initially. Um, So initially the place was empty other than one person that was sitting right by the door. So it has a big, long booth, maybe 10 stools that are at the booth. And the only person there was like the last stool before the door. And this will all wrap back in. Um, the other thing was, uh, you you go in there and, especially when the, the guy is making hot dogs and whatnot, the chest freezer is right behind the counter. And he goes to open it and the door on the chest freezer is actually separated where the insulation is like falling out of the chest freezer. So again, there's like all of these components that you're like, Maybe I shouldn't be here right now. Like, yes, I want like a greasy hot dog that is going to fill me up and hit all the spots that I wanted to in my stomach. But maybe we can walk on to another place, right? So we sit down, we get the menus. Um, We're looking at the menu. I'm there with a buddy. So we're talking about if we're going to split fries or not or whatever the conversation was. Not. Not, yes. I mean, we split fries that day, but from now on, it's been a not. Because um, they're hand-cut. They're hand-cut. And they're delicious. Amazingly. Yeah. But I didn't know this at the time, right? Sure, so, um While we're talking about this, the guy at the door just gets up and leaves. So he doesn't pay. Like, he's done eating his food, just leaves. I'm like, oh, my God, if this is not another sign that, like, this is not a place I should be no idea so we're we continue to go um and we order our food we're sitting there and then behind the counter there's 
like the fryer and the chest freezer. And then in the hood, there's the jail wristbands, right? So another sign of like, maybe again. Talk about the jail wristbands. So I ended up asking the chef, what is going on here? Like, what, you know, what is that? What's up? And this was the first point where I was like, maybe all this sketchy stuff has a point. Maybe it's like turning and this actually might be something awesome. And what he said was, when people get out of jail, he believes that people should have a good meal. So when people get out of jail, if they bring in their jail wristbands, he'll feed them for free. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Pretty awesome. Yeah. And then there's a woman that then comes in and is um, clearly distraught. She's kind of doing this... um, like repeating the same stuff over and over again, it becomes this like babble where she's like making a point, but it's it's very repetitive and it's um, like a, a mental illness based thing, right? And I was like, oh gosh, this might be another sign, right? And without any hesitation, the cook starts talking to her, is really patient, allows her to get what she needs to get off her chest, is talking to her. And this whole time, he's frying her up uh, hash browns. Again, doesn't charge her. She's like, I'm going to pay you. I can't pay you right now, but I'm going to pay you. He's like, don't worry about it. If you need food, you, you need food. And then, so we're getting our food, we're eating, and another couple comes in. I shouldn't say another, but a couple comes in and... Um, they sit down and he starts chatting with them, knows both of their names. And it's like old friends talking to him like they're old friends. And we're overhearing that, you know, this woman's been sick for a week or two, you know, hasn't been enjoying any food. It's been the flu and all this stuff. And at the end she goes, I don't care what you make me. This is the first meal that I actually am gonna be able to taste after being sick. And I wanted to do it here. Mm. Meanwhile, at this time, the guy that booked it out without paying comes back in the door. Now, 15, 20 minutes later, pays the guy and it goes, you know, I, it totally slipped my mind. But mm. here's the money. And the chef says, it doesn't matter. I knew you'd be back. <laughs> you would have paid me whenever. So, like, all of these components mm-hmm. that were, it should have been... Again, a sign to mm-hmm. not be there. Right. He has built a place where it's so community-driven right. that he wants to take those problems up or those right. people up or those situations up. Well, and I think what you, you actually just said it is that everybody gets to be there. Yes. So nobody, there's no preconceived notions at the weenery mm-hmm. that somebody shouldn't be in that space. And like... So I remember the first couple times I went there, and I remember the same thing. Somebody dragged me there. You got to come. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even like hot dogs that much, whatever. And um, I remember there being, like, an overturned plant on the bar or something. Yeah. The bar was kind of sticky. So And I remember being sort of off-put by that. So I, like, put down my my, my, my – I spread out my yeah. city pages, which is a good use for those. And, you know, put my – <laughs> put my plate on top. Then I started eating my food, and I'm like, "This is fucking good." Yeah. Like the the wiener is snappy. The hand the fries are hand cut. 
the you know the, the condiments okay. are just what you want. And this ironically is the best part. Is like you're you're finally talking about food, yeah. right? Like After it's you've good already food. observed all this stuff. Yeah, and then it's on top of food. it, it's good food, and it costs like five dollars. It's so good. But the only thing that impact, like I, I still when I think of the wiener, I don't even think about the food, which I enjoy. I've been back multiple times. And on times. top of it, it's good, and on to- and it's hot and it's fresh, and somebody made made it for you, who looks you in the eye and gives it to you, which yeah. is what we always talk about with local. Yeah. You know, you will, you know, that's one of the that's one of the Michael Pollan's um, hallmarks is well, you know, we know our mechanics by name, we know our our hairstylists by name, we shit, we know our dog groomers by name, but we don't know our our farmers by name, right? Yeah. But at the wienery, you 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 can know your cook or your chef by name because he's gonna give you that food. He's gonna look you in the eye when he gives it to you, and they're actually gonna believe in what they're handing you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, um, and 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 I think that's the the beautiful part of it is what you're saying is that, um. There's no preconceived notions there of like whoever walks in the door gets a chance. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it plays out. And I think, (laughs) and again, that comes back to my point about like to me, local is this social community. If you can have a space where you're sharing food and it's something that's more than the food. And again, mm-hmm. I get back to the point where, like, every time I talk about the wienery, even though, again, I enjoyed the food, I never end up talking about the food. Sure. What are you talking about? That that experience. Mm-hmm. It's so much more. And, like, to, to the extent to which that place and that uh, cook that was there has, like, built a community and, like, taken people who, and honestly, other communities would have been outcasts. Mm-hmm. And said, you're welcome here. You can be a part of this. I think that's local. In the same way that I hope that people that are buying food get to know their farmer. I think it's amazing that he is able to create a community around his food. Granted, it might come from Cisco or wherever. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Well, and I think that there's some... Method to that madness where, because also the other part about wieners is that, um, I mean, even if you don't eat meat, he's got some vegetarian options, he's got vegan options. Yeah. So everybody can wrap their brain around wieners and French fries. Yeah. And I think like that's the common denominator of that place is there's no pretense. Yeah. So you're going to come in here, you're going to get a wiener, you're going to get French fries, you're going to get a bottomless cup of pop that you can help yourself to. Yeah. For I think it's 525. And uh, a friend of ours, Libby, was saying that when she was in college, it was three twenty five, and that it killed him to have to raise the prices. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's there's there's no accident that that's what he's serving as wieners. Yeah. And that it's called the wienery. Yeah. You know, it's like if if you're walking on the street and you see that, like, unless unless you're too fancy, you're gonna look at that and be like, I can stop there. Yeah. I can. I I could eat a wiener. Definitely. <laughs> I could even eat. I could even eat a not dog, which you know, yeah. whatever. If you're that kind, go for it. But, but yeah, I think that's absolutely the whole point of the place. Yeah, and I think um, the place is not about selling hot dogs. No. So, I think so. I think uh, going to the wienery for me was like a very. It came to me in a point in my life where I started thinking about um, these things, and I'll explain what these things are. But, uh, so I was going. I was in grad school. I had just got into 
policy and then looking at um, why either farmers do or do not do stuff, but also why consumers buy at the farmer's market or buy CSAs, right? And there's all this literature that says people that genuinely can afford CSAs, which are often also like minority people, won't go because they think of it as the white person thing or the rich thing, mm. right? So at the end of the day... Is this for me? It, this, yeah. It's not. Right. They, the thought <laughs> is, is like, when I go there, the only people that I see as consumers are white people that look like they have money. Do I fit into that group? Mm-hmm. No. So it's not that I can't afford it sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't afford sure. it, honestly, like you were talking about yeah. before. But also it's just like an in-crowd, out-crowd yeah. thing, right? Is this space for me? And at the end of the day, like you were saying, the wienery is open to anybody. Yeah. The people that aren't going think that they're too good for the wienery, which I <laughs> I will straight up tell Originally you, you're you not. <laughs> I thought I was Originally too good for the wienery. Originally you were for a moment. Mm-hmm. I think most people at the beginning think mm-hmm. that they're too good for the mm-hmm. wienery, and then they go there and realize what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one reason why I had to rethink local. So in almost conclusion... What's your local? Again, I the wienery aside, what's your local? I think local to me again, as I've said before, comes back to the social community, and I really hope that we we can build a system where anybody, rich, poor, minority, white, whoever it is, can know a farmer and buy from that farmer. But the reality is, like we were talking before we started this, we do live in Minnesota, right? So what do you do in the winter? What do you do in times where the only thing you can buy local is meat and cheese, right? So there's all these other components of this. But again, I really do hope that we can set up a system where people can buy local, whoever, right? anybody can buy local and have that conversation and relationship with the farmer. Why is local better? In your opinion, or is it better? I think local's better because it is, again, getting back to my definition of this community or social component, that's what makes local amazing. I don't think local, just for the sake of having local stamped on a a thing. Makes it local. I mean, I don't think that that's the important part. Yeah, okay. It it does or doesn't, or whatever definition you want to use, that's fine by me. But in my personal opinion, you're, you're missing the point. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's like having organic stamped on something. Yeah. Because it's, well, what does that exactly mean? Yeah. And it, to me, it always comes back to that relationship. Mm-hmm. And the weenery builds <laughs> an amazing relationship and community, right? The same way that I've seen amazing CSA farms build community and relationships. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, why is the wienery left out of the local conversation? Right. I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, and you know, we're going to go eat some local tomatoes, $2 each Yeah. in a hot second. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be delicious. 
They're going to be you awesome. Know, I know I mean, they're going to be I'm awesome. Not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at it. Um, I think they're going to be great. Um, but just to circle back to economics for a hot second, and then we really will conclude. <laughs> but Katie was saying something about um, getting a, 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 a local melon mm-hmm. at the farmer's market. And it was being sold by weight. And by the time she bought the melon, it was $17. I, I can totally believe that. That doesn't, that does not you surprise that. me. Right. And so, um, and that, and you know, who knows, maybe a $17 melon is a, is a, is a good splurge indulgence from time to time. People spend that on a bottle of wine or something. Maybe that, maybe the melon was just that good. Yeah. Right. But like you're saying, but here's the thing. So in conclusion, in terms of what you, what you just said, Food should always be about conviviality to me. Yeah. And like, I'm going to eat my, my, my tomatoes. The fact that I'm going to share them with you is going to make them that much more delicious. Great. Right? I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So how do we get the conversation about local back to community and sharing and conviviality? For because sure. I think that like, like, like organic mm-hmm. in a certain way it's gone, it's fallen by the wayside now. For sure. And so, like, how can we... Because if we... If I sit down with you and we have these conversations, who knows, I might be more willing to be like, you know what, God damn it, I'm going to sign up for my CSA again. Yeah, yeah. Which I've fallen by the wayside with that, right? For sure. So, like, I think there's... There can be nothing wrong with people breaking yeah. bread together, yeah, breaking yeah, yeah. tomato together, breaking melon. So, like, how can we get the spirit of food back together about sharing conviviality... Because that's the thing, right? Like food, food is delicious, food is expensive, food is cheap, food is political, food yeah. is all these things. Yeah, but yeah. really, food should really be about nourishment and sharing. Yes. And I think we've really fallen away from that too in, in American society. Sure. So like, how can we, I mean, I know I'm, this, this is, is a this is question, like the, uh, I'm so sorry, but. Graham, can you solve all of the agriculture <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you um, went to college for it, so I figure you oh, can. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you got those fancy oof, degrees, even oof. a graduate degree, I don't know a fucking graduate oh, degree. Um, now that you told them that, I feel like I need to be smarter yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's hear. Let's um, hear your solution. Well, You're going to do a great job. I think, first of all, as much as, like, $17 watermelon or melon seems absurd, um, there are farmers that are working really hard, and $17 is, like, a price point that is reasonable for them. Okay. And by reasonable, I also mean, like, many farmers, especially uh, farmers market and CSA farmers, would be considered living under the poverty line, mm-hmm. right? So there's a trade-off there where um, either farmers are making a lot of money, or I shouldn't say a lot even. Farmers are making money that keeps them above the poverty line, and they can only sell to rich people or people that want to spend a lot of money on food. Or people are, or farmers are lowering their price points and staying in poverty so that their food is more accessible to more people. Yeah. So there's another whole, yeah. um, it seems absurd to us as consumers, but it also is the price point that farmers have to, to set to live by, right? So that's another conversation. Right. Let's go eat some $4 um, tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Snacks everywhere, everybody. 